The battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome back to the Lead Pursuit Podcast. Tonight feels like we're standing in, well, a virtual vendor hall. Tonight we're going to talk to Corey from Cigar Box Battle, purveyors of fine gaming mats since, well, since when, Corey? We've been making mats since 2016 from Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. Well, you're just right up the road from me a little bit. Uh, I've, you know, I still have not bought one of your mats. I feel bad. I've, I've used them a lot. Uh, people who've had to sit through our midway games, uh, out with John Russell, either at uh, Twisted Lords, Gathering of Eagles, a couple of the other ones, uh, they're used to seeing the gaming mat out there and, and I've really enjoyed using them. I just, it's like everything else in the vendor hall. There's only so many dollars and so many things attracting your attention, but you know what? We'll have to remedy that soon, especially, uh, with all the new stuff that I just saw hit your website. So uh, I'm having Matt withdrawal, I guess, is the best way to say it. But tonight we're also joined by Brett and Steve. Brett, how are you doing down there in lovely Florida? Uh, doing great in balmy Florida, yeah. Balmy Florida, yeah. We, we The rest of us don't want to know about it. It's 30-some-odd degrees, but that's probably balmy to Steve. How's everything going in the great white north? It is. It is. Another snow today. Uh, counting down the days till we're actually going to head down there uh, to Florida and pay Brett a little visit. So, uh, Cousin Eddie's coming, Brett. <laughs> oh, Brett, I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> the whole Toth clan is going to arrive. Well, that's fine. Uh, hopefully, you guys will get some good gaming in. I have got zero games in since my primary gaming partner up here, Matt, uh, has just had a baby. So apparently they're doing baby things and not gaming. I think that's a problem with his priorities, but that's okay. I just won't do any gaming. No big deal. <laughs> but let's not delay. Let's talk about cigar box battles. So Corey, give me kind of the background. You said 2016, y'all started producing mats. How the heck did you decide to get into the mat producing business? You know, great question. Um, really, it all started, I would say, um, well, there have always been gaming mats. I will say that. You know, I remember having the old games workshop mats and the model trains, static grass mats, and all those were great. Um, but really, what it was when I was in college um, in Tallahassee, where a, a friend of mine, kind of my gaming mentor, Bob Freeman, used to paint um, scenarios on pieces of canvas. And the concept was he you know, historical battles, he would paint, you know, the battle, pick a battle, the battle of Chickamauga and paint it on a canvas and just fold it up, put it in his, um, in his closet. And then he would fold it out quickly, throw some trees on there and some houses and some fences. And it, it allowed for quick setup. I mean, I love Bob, but his were very ugly. They were horrible. You know, they were literally pieces of, you know, beige canvas with, uh, he come on. War gaming is theater of the mind. It doesn't require beautiful <laughs> scenery and terrain. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, but they were efficient. And, um, you know, what we always liked, what I always liked about them is you could put something under the mat to really kind of create right. those rolling hills. You didn't have, you know, the, the, uh, the train on top. So that was kind of where the original idea came from was my friend Bob. And then uh, actually, uh, after a little while, I, I asked Howard Whitehouse um, to 
paint, basically paint a scenario on a piece of felt. Um, and uh, that turned out great. And then um, eventually I connected with my friend, Chris. So Chris is uh, actually my partner in Cigar Box Battle. And, and um, you know, Chris is, he's a graphic designer by trade. He's a, he's a uh, uh, creative director. I'm more the business person, but uh, Chris, you know, actually he designs really the first mats. We use some other designers now, but that was kind of the core concept was something that you could just roll out easy onto the tabletop and, and start gaming. Awesome. Well, it, it's kind of funny because the mats that I've seen and used from you all are generally the fairly generic terrain. It's either all water or kind of like a, a countryside terrain. And it's it's one of those things that you never really realize how broad a line of something is until you go in there and say, I'm actually going to not look for what I need and I'm just going to see what's in there. And then all of a sudden, as I, my cart is full of like seven different mats, uh, reality suddenly hits <laughs> and I say, no, I don't need those. But it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, as I've looked at y'all stuff over the years, um, it has mostly in my mind gone from things that are, you know, very landscapish to now there are definitely some urban setups. Uh, I still love the Pacific and Caribbean, you know, island kind of things. There's, there's much more detailed work in there. And I think, a lot of people may not know that because, you know, once again, there there are so many different gaming mat offerings out there. Uh, you guys have always kind of fit the historical world. But now I see there's all kinds of things like hive mats. Uh, the one that we were talking about last night, the Space Caldera mat, uh, Blood Temple. So, so some other really cool things. Uh, what kind of led you to, to branch out from just historical mats? Well, you know, we just really wanted... To, to design mats that we wanted the game with. And we, we're like you guys. I mean, you know, our game group, we game everything. I mean, from uh, historicals to, uh, you know, ep Warhammer Epic to, uh, you know, World War One, um, you know, biplanes to um, Infinity to, I mean, you, you name it. And so Battletech. So we just, we usually design mats that we want to play on. I mean, it's just kind of it's kind of simple as that. And, um, and then also just, you know, listening to what our friends want and other, other gamers, you know, and we get a lot of suggestions. A lot of people will send us stuff. Hey, and some of them are great and just kidding here, but, you know, some of them are really kind of off the wall things. Some, you know, Hey, I want the battle of, you know, very, some specific oddball battle from the war of Spanish succession or something. But, um, we, I was going to say, doesn't the Battle of Nashville count as that? Oh, wait, you guys are in Nashville. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I can also say that having lived in Murfreesboro and people are like, Battle of Murfreesboro? Never heard of it. I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. We, we, we'll pretty much design anything, you know, um, any scale, just whatever kind of uh, we're interested in. And um, it's worked out well, you know, and uh, we, we actually had a Kickstarter where one of uh, two of the kind of the, the, I guess you'd say the rewards were design your own mat. So um, somebody wanted the Battle of Stalingrad and the, uh, and the other person wanted a marshland. So uh, two totally different choices there. And, and it was kind of a fantasy marshland. So uh, we'll pretty much, yeah. you know, do whatever we just are, are interested in or or also we'll design mats based upon what we think might be kind of trends in gaming, you know, where, right. uh, yeah, just whatever rules seem to be popular, French Indian War, Old West, uh, just whatever it is, we'll design, you know, pretty much uh, anything that seems that, that people would be interested in. Yeah. Well, Steve, you're in luck. They've got uh, the four by six uh, Gettysburg full battle map just for you, because I know you've oh, been excellent. dying to put some epic ACW out there. 
<laughs> Absolutely, man. I was really, you know, I didn't bore my kids enough with a three-day vacation to Gettysburg, so now we're going to reenact the whole battle for a month on the Christmas, uh, you know, the cr- kitchen table. They're going to love it. You absolutely should. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> they will really hate history by that point. Uh, well, the, you know, it's it's cool because there's a couple different sizes you guys offer. Obviously, the, the standard four by six. Um, there's three by threes. So the nice thing is there there's different options for different kinds of games. I did notice that you've got a couple officially licensed ones for like Rangers of Shadow Deep and some other things. Uh, you know, how have you guys kind of fallen into some of that part of the business? We did. A, we, well, we first started working with Osprey with um, John Hill. Uh, you know, John Hill wrote um, Squad Leader and Johnny Reb, and we started. He he was somebody we actually um, I had met, and um, he, he came into a few Nash cons and hung out and got to know him a little bit. And he he actually encouraged us to start the business. Uh, he was one of the, I guess, people that said, "Hey, just do it," you know. And um, you know, so we did. Uh, we actually licensed some ads to Osprey first from across a deadly field. That was John Hill's uh, set of uh, ACW rules. And so those mats are actually the artwork from the book, and those were officially licensed. And then just kind of having worked with Osprey, we met uh, Joseph, who, you know, who wrote um, Frostgrave and uh, Ghost Archipelago and and those rules. And um, so when he wrote Ranger of Shadow Deep, we, he, uh, you know, he's, he he likes our mats, uses our mats. And so we basically worked out um, a licensing deal with him to do the official Rangers of Shadow Deep mats. And those are three by three mats. Um, they're actually they're, they are fabric. They're not really a fleece. It's a slightly different material than what we normally use. It's actually thinner, but what it does, it allows us to print it at a, at a little higher resolution, which for those smaller mats makes all the difference. Um, on the six by fours, you don't really yeah, because exactly, and that was one of the things because we've used uh, one of y'all's ocean six by fours for the for our midway battle and. It works out great at the scale you're at, but I can see how being on that fleece, if you were to a much more constrained size, then all of a sudden it wouldn't necessarily be as um, as focused as you'd want for the game. So that that makes sense. Um, you know, with some of the changing technology and printing and things, are you guys looking at offering more types? Are you mostly going to stick to the fleece mats? What What do you all think? You know, we're we're a big believer to just kind of stick to your core business and stick just stick to what you know what works. So we really we've looked at neoprene and some other things, but we really um, are going to stick to basically our what we call our six by four uh, fleece blankets. They're actually larger than six by four. They're they're almost actually closer to five by seven. But the concept is you throw it on a six right. by four <laughs> table. We put some hills underneath, and it allows for the hills, and it also allows for a little overhang. And plus, every gamer you need some room at the end for for your drinks, for your dice, for your markers. Um, so you get that six by four plane surface plus some, um, and a lot of people have yeah. Well, and that, that was why I threw one of your mats back at John Russell was, uh, I was table constrained and he threw me your ocean mat and I'm like, take that thing away. That's too big. But, uh, cause it is, you're right. It's, it is a little bit bigger than four by six. Yeah. Uh, and, and it, it works out well, you know, I, from having, uh, run a couple battles on it. Um, I know we've talked in the podcast about different materials and yes, you know, we are kind of, um, neoprene, uh, aficionados in a lot of those ways or addicts maybe is the case, but after a while you get tired of carrying those to multiple events. And that's kind of the, the problem we're in right now is as we've branched out into several different games, now we need more than just three game mats. 
to go and do things. And that, that gets painful with, uh, with heavy mouse pad, neoprene kind of, kind of material. It does. That was one of the things we wanted to go light. So that was intentional. So we use kind of a light fleece that really you can take one of those and just throw it in a backpack. I mean, I, and that's, that's really what I do. I'll take a mat, throw it in a backpack, uh, throw some dice in there and take a, um, a couple containers and, and head over to the local gaming store and set up a game. Um, you know, just the fleece travels a lot lighter, and they know John Russell. That's one thing he really likes about him is he can take you know ten of those and throw them in a in a Tupperware you know a large you know storage container and take them to a con. <laughs> oh, they're large Tupperware containers. They could actually be you know fast food bags. You know, oh, whatever, whatever, whatever he stores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever works. You know, John stores in whatever he flexible. has. That's when I get a shipment from him. Half the time it comes in a different box than I expected. But whatever. <laughs> That's why we love John Russell. Uh, Brett, have you had a chance to play on many of these uh, cloth mats before? I think we played on a desert cloth mat at uh, at an event, and it's yeah. It, it I know it uh, GOE. Um, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, I'm we thinking GOE New Orleans. That was probably what was on our bolt action demo, right? One of that's right. Fleece, that's uh, where it was. It was because it, it was uh, John's bolt action map was where you guys had the the oh, fleece. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I knew I saw one and uh, it worked well. And um, I was looking on the website and I was checking out, I think it's the Stalingrad one. I was trying to find the ones that I thought had the, you know, maybe the best scale for uh, like Blood Red Skies or whatever that had, uh, you know, more than just like kind of generic, you know, like if it's a, if it's an overall landscape, like a desert or an ocean or like a snowy scape, I think, um, you know, there's a lot to choose from. And I was looking for the ones that like with, I think there was like a European fields one that looked like they caught my eye yeah. and that Stalingrad yeah. one caught my eye. I'd like to see that. Yeah. I've looked at the Stalingrad one a couple times and I, I think my only problem is I, every time I look at it, I go, wait, that's way too green. That looks way too nice and lush. <laughs> that can't be Stalingrad. Uh, so that's fine. It's whatever, uh, whatever fits my, my uh, mentality for what we're going to do. Cause you know, the long story short is we're, we're going to have to change how we do business a little bit with the, the number of things branching out into both Aeronautica and Blood Red Skies and doing both at Adepticon. I think we're going to find ourselves uh, either mat overloaded or carrying two suitcases full of mats. Yeah. Something um, like a snowy but, plane or a desert would probably be really good for any of those. You could play different, uh, genre, I guess with all those. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Corey, what's, uh, what are some of the challenges that you guys have run into as you've tried to either generate the art, commission the art, uh, do the art yourselves with a crayon? You know, what, what are some of the problems you've had just uh, at least on the art side, uh, filling out the line as big as it is? Well, the art. So Chris, Chris, you know, the, uh, my partner in Cigar Box. He he's really the artist. He designed most of the original mats, um, and it's really just pleasing everybody. And also his style has changed. If you look at our mats, uh, it, I, we don't have them, you know, listed like this on the website. But if you look at the earlier mats, there definitely is a, is kind of an earlier style to them. And I think the mats have gotten a lot more sophisticated over time. Well, they, they have, and I don't say this to be a spear against him. It's just you can tell as people's uh, style evolves, there, there absolutely is a difference between uh, the older style mats and what's offered now. And yeah, once again, it's wargaming. So people want different things from mats. And I've seen some super stylized stuff uh, out there that, that people are good with gaming on. And then people that want super hyper-realistic, photorealistic mats. You know, I, yeah, it's, it's kind of to everyone's taste. That's right. It's just really, it's kind of like, I like to say it's like music or food, you know, it's just some, 
some people like certain, uh, you know, music and they don't like others. And some, some people really love our earlier mats and, you know, they, they actually look a little kind of almost cartoonish in a way now. Uh, look, but, well, yeah, but, but th- once again, stylized, I think it helps some people cause it doesn't put the focus on the mat. I know we were in the middle of a discussion today as a couple guys were asking about taking photos of, you know, aerial wargaming and, you know, how do you, how do you, get the photos to not just look like a jumble of metal and plastic pieces and some kind of mat in the background with a bunch of bald guys standing around a table. Uh, you know, but part of the problem sometimes is super photorealistic mats. Either your aircraft have good camouflage <laughs> painted on them and they kind of blend in or the mat is so beautiful. It detracts sometimes from the miniatures as you're, you're taking the photos. Uh, so I think there's something to be said for, um, stylized kind of drawings and especially depending what what scale of game you're playing because i i still chuckle looking back at the uh, a couple of the napoleonic and then obviously the gettysburg uh mats you know they're they're at a scale that's different than bolt action so <laughs> they're zoomed out quite a bit yeah. so uh i think it's perfectly and fine absolutely, you know that's one thing too when you talk about art is ground scale you know that isn't as big an issue now but i'll tell you a lot of what i like call the old grognard gamers are very concerned with grog scale with ground scale because that's you know that's what that was one of the main things back back oh well i'm concerned about it sometimes when we look at mats because there's some mats that in and of themselves look beautiful and we've put one 200 scale airplanes out there and you can all of a sudden tell that this was intended for 28 millimeter ground figures not for aircraft with the level of detail and sometimes it just looks kind of jarring as your the boulder you're flying over is almost as big as your exactly <laughs> exactly i can tell you a couple of new things we have coming out um too for for as far as the artwork Absolutely. you know goes but um you guys were talking about gettysburg earlier but we do have i call it the, i call it the miniburg it's actually the whole battle of gettysburg on a six by four mat and uh you know as far as ground scale that's probably more suitable for you know two millimeter three millimeter six millimeter figures exactly you know, that wouldn't work for 25s but i actually i wanted to wait to kind of announce this um you know on your on on basically your your podcast about the um we're doing a, a, a Gettysburg mat, but it's going to be well, epic scale. Um, we're not working with Warlord, but it's basically designed for that um, for, for that game for that system, and it's going to be basically a fifteen foot by seven foot mat. Um, you got a lot of ambition <laughs> there, do you? <laughs> so this is it, we're calling it epic. Wow. So it's a huge mat, really designed for like big convention games or clubs. You know, it's basically like oh, four yeah, mats, yeah. you know, together. But um, you know, the kind of uh, exciting thing, but that's, that's, that's a new release. That's not even on our, um, uh, on our website yet. Um, that sounds good. We, we were talking about that a uh, couple episodes when we were picking on a warlord, uh, about the fact that one of the good things for the epic scale for American civil war, and then now for the Napoleonics is it does engender the ability to do larger battles like that. Although we laughed that it seemed like, uh, as soon as everybody's like, yeah, this thing's going to, going to be good. We got some, the kind of figures we can set up. The battle still took them like eight hours to do. Uh, didn't really speed anything up, but that's all right. <laughs> it's one of those things. Um, so yeah, that'll be cool to see, uh, some supersized mats there that you guys will roll out. Um, what else are you guys thinking of, uh, you know, with, with new, terrain, new things that you're going to release besides uh, kind of some uh, ACW? Well, Sam Mustafa is working on a uh, naval game um, called Nimitz. You might have heard a little bit about that, but it's basically a... So I have heard. Everyone keeps talking about it. Yeah. So we're actually, we've designed a mat um, and uh, 
uh, we're not sure exactly how it's going to work with the game, but basically it's uh, it's kind of like the Guadalcanal, but at a strategic level. Uh, the, probably the easiest way I could describe it is think um, kind of like Axis and Allies, you know, with uh, you know the. Uh, on a but on a much larger mat, so on a six foot mat um, with a, you know a grand kind of the grand campaign. But um, the game's going to be called Nimitz. But we're going to have a couple versions, a couple mats out that will go with that. Um, he's still test playing the game right now, so I don't know what what that will look like in the future or, or what's going to happen with the game. But it, it's kind of exciting to work with Sam. Um, we actually worked with him on Blucher um, and Rommel and designed some uh, some gridded mats for Blucher. Um, it was and Rommel, yeah. So. Um, you know, it's kind of neat to get ahead of those things, but, uh, we're definitely doing some, uh, uh, a map there, but that would probably work for some, um, aerial games as well. I mean, not just Sam's rules, but we did one with a grid and we did one without a grid so that you can play it with. Well, so, so let's talk gridded. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, since you brought that up, um, what, what kind of things do you offer for grids or hexes on, on some of these mats? So most mats, not all, but uh, eventually it will be all, but it takes a little time to do it. But um, most mats have a hex overlay option, and, and we just try to keep it simple with one inch, two inch, three inch, and four inch. We found that's what most gamers want. A few want an inch and a half. Um, but we can do hex overlays on most mats. I mean, uh, well, we can do them at all, but we don't have that option on it. it it's kind of a slow process to roll it out for our designer. Um but, you know, a lot of people – and also one-inch square grid. So we found all, the mats have made the transition from historical gamers and uh, sci-fi gamers over to um, the fantasy kind of role-playing crowd as well. So right, they like the, right. the one-inch square. So a lot of, um, you know, uh, D&D uh, gamers are using our mats now or, you know, Room yeah, oh, RuneQuest. Cool. So they've kind of made the jump. Well, and, and there's a lot of them. I mean, even if you – are looking at some of the historical mats. Some of them just make great adventure mats. I mean, just like, you know, San Juan Hill, uh, looking at that one is a cool crossroads river kind of mat that you can do a lot of neat things on and having the ability to, you know, either hex it out or, or do anything like that um, makes it really cool for making it a multi-use kind of mat. Because um, things like that, you could play with the hexes on it, but just fly over it uh, for terrain, hex it out for a lot of the other... Uh, you know, kind of uh, like one two eighty fifth scale stuff. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff you could do. So that's kind of yeah. Cool. You know, I use um, for my World War One games. I, I I play the old uh, game designers workshop Blue Max. Um, you know, which uses hexes and um, wow, that is a blast <laughs> from the past. We we were talking about that a couple episodes ago, and I'm like, I don't think I ever owned it. You know, I I, I remember people having it, but yeah, I never. Oh, played. it's a great game. It's a classic. Uh, but, um, you know, so just, you know, we, I, I have some planes and we, we, we put hexes on and we just play basically the board game on top of that. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, also the command and color, some of the board gamers will, will, uh, add hexes to the mats and then can basically, you know, play their, their essentially a board game with miniatures on top. So, um, that tends to work right, very well. Right. Which is interesting because, uh, Mitch Reed, our buddy over at uh, No Dice, No Glory has been talking a lot about uh, the Command and Colors series, and I've just never gotten into it because it's just not a thing I'm interested in, but it seems like a lot of people have really enjoyed it, and it makes sense to transition that from a from a map board kind of setup to to kind of a hex setup, 
or you know, a, a mat, a gaming mat setup to give you a lot more flexibility. Yeah, that's kind of like the perfect system going from like the board game miniatures crossover, like Memoir Forty Four, and you know, uh, and a lot of the board games um, they work perfect with miniatures as well. And so the a lot of the with the mats, they're just not it's ideal as well. And also, you know, again, you can put the hills under the underneath the uh, the mats to create uh, so to create the rolling terrain. See. See, as soon as you said that, I, I can hear the wheels turning, even though they won't be turning until he listens to this podcast when it comes out. Uh, but right now, Scott Atchison, is, Scott Atchison is thinking, why don't they do a Europe map for 1980s for Red Storm <laughs> so we don't have to game on those stupid paper mats uh, inside Red Storm? Because, uh, you know, it, it's funny. That, I don't know if you've ever played that game. Uh, by GMT, it's a it's a aerial warfare 1980s Cold War kind of thing. Uh, super fun, but the problem is the counter stacks are so high, and you end up like having five or six stacks counters in a stack on each flight of aircraft. And we've all looked around and said, "Man, this would be much easier if you had like a two inch hex on your map, or even a one inch hex. You had room to spread out some of these counters a little bit, so it's not stacked to the ceiling." So. Yeah, exactly. Have to try I think like look that. is everything sometimes, and I think that's really the big appeal with the miniatures. It's just the the, the visual appeal, you know. Um, I love board games. Don't get me wrong, but there's nothing like a, a well laid out miniatures game, you know, with uh, you know uh, great looking terrain. Um, you know, it takes a little extra time to set up, but I think the payoffs there. Yeah, yeah, it it, it definitely is, and the nice thing is obviously with a cloth mat you can put the hills underneath pretty easily uh and uh, and make them kind of conform in ways you can't with some of the heavier materials uh so that's that's actually kind of cool I, I haven't had to do that much uh once again because generally we've been doing aerial <laughs> so everything's gone on top of the table um but that's that's still uh especially if you're doing stuff that's either 185th so you're putting some vertical development in there to make it uh, difficult for armor and, and air attacks and artillery and stuff like that uh, or doing it at, at other scales, like 28, it's, it seems like it'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. One of my new projects, I mean, it just started on it, but I'm doing micro armor, you know, 185th scale, um, West... Uh, I have a I have a warm <laughs> spot in my heart for micro armor. I just haven't gotten back you into know, it. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna do, what I, I want to do early war. So uh, you know where you, it, it, the armor's not so overpowering, like mid or late war. You know, um, in North North Africa. Right. So a desert map, but a lot of rolling rolling. You know, put. I mean, you can just throw socks under the mats, t-shirts, whatever, to create these rolling hills, and um, you know, just kind of mix it up with Italians, Germans, and Eighth Army on, on a on a desert mat with micro armor, but. Um, I think that just that, that all of a sudden that has a lot of appeal for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny for me. Most of my one to 85th, uh, gaming was modern stuff. Um, and it's just, you know, the, the things I kind of like to play. I had a handful of one to 85th, uh, world war two. And I think every once in a while I'd put them on the board with squad leader just to <laughs> give it something other than the, uh, than the counters out there. But I have not gotten back into that scale, which is probably a good thing as I'm looking at my display cabinets full of other things, especially one two hundred airplanes that seem to be taking over. No thanks to Casey sending me a bunch more. <laughs> but uh, I guess that, that's the problem of having a, a 3D printing friend is all of a sudden you end up with more miniatures than you know what to do with. All right, well, let's talk about uh, some of the the different kind of uh, options you have for the hexes. You said it's not on every single mat. So if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, you know, this mat doesn't have hexes on it. What can they expect for kind of the turnaround time when you might be updating some of those? 
Well, if if you go onto the website, you see a mat you like, and you want ha- you know try to order it, it might have a drop down menu. If for some reason it doesn't, it's usually the newer mats. Actually, just let us know. Uh, send us an email or a message. Um, sometimes just messaging uh, us on Facebook or Instagram is easier or Twitter and say, hey, I'm interested in this mat. Can you add hexes? And what I'll do is I, I'll just really pick up the phone, call the designer and say, hey, I, you know, go ahead and add hexes to that. And um, it's, a, it's a hex overlay. Um, it's not super time consuming, but I'd say about, you know, maybe a two, two to three week turnaround just, just to, on the safe side. Um, and that, that's not the time it takes to do that. It's just there's, they usually have some other work in front of them. So, um, Right, right. You know, are there also, is there going to be an option for any different sizes for some of these? Because I know obviously like some of the four by six are really geared towards an entire image, but some of them are also fairly generic. So it's things that could be produced in different sizes. Are you all looking at, uh, you know, splitting the line in a couple ways there? Because you already have a ton of three by three options. Uh, but I just laugh as I'm sure people have already asked for something that you haven't cut down to three by three yet. Oh, we get a lot of requests. Well, we actually have some two by twos. They just don't really sell that well. Um, to be honest with you, that's not a, a size that a lot of people want, um, for maybe for some small skirmish games. I was about to say, apparently for Aeronautica Imperialis, it's now a mandatory size for a couple of the scenarios. Okay. I, I rolled into that with GW and I laughed. I, uh, because I unfolded their three by three hard mats that I bought from them. I unfolded the uh, three by a foot and a half paper mat that came with it. Uh, and, and then realized none of them were the two by two board that was prescribed in the scenario book. So I kind of, I kind of had to laugh and said, nice work, GW. Wow, <laughs> Even your own maps don't work <laughs> wow. for this. So. <laughs> the, but we two by two, three by three, and then six by four. We're actually, we're um, dabbling right now with um, four by fours, um, or maybe what would actually look more like a four by five mat, kind of just a smaller, you right. know, uh, a smaller version of our six by four. But um, we don't want to create too many, uh, you know, again, we just, kind of want to stick with our core items, which is really our fleet six by four. Uh, we can dabble in some other areas, but I think that's really our main focus right now is just, um, you know, and then going into these, what we call, you know, our, our epic mats, these big, you know, six by 15 foot mats. We're going to, we're going to experiment with there. And if Gettysburg does well, um, you know, when it's well received, we, we'll probably do Waterloo and um, some other, you know, kind of classic historical battles. Steve's eyes are rolling back in his head as soon as you said Waterloo. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'll, Steve. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know, Jamie's been bugging me for a new dining room table. She's going to be real happy for about a week until that 15-foot Gettysburg map shows up. And <laughs> exactly. <it's> be- <laughs> oh, that's all right. You know, they'll get over it. That's That's what I said, and then I got exiled upstairs to the new hubby room. But that's all right. I got my own table up here now, so I can put whatever mat I want on it, damn it. Oh, that's all right. Well, so taking a look at, you know, a bunch of the options that you have out there, and obviously there's a ton of them in the 4x6+, plus. Uh, there's a number of them in the 3x3. Three three. Uh, do you guys have an easy way for people to request stuff, to upload art, or to, to kind of say, hey, here's, here's something I'd like you guys to think about? You know, I think the easiest way is just social media. Just send us a message, um, and we'll ask a lot too. Like right now, we're actually working on uh, mats for this year and we're looking for some great ideas. We're, we're kind of, uh, 
I guess, you know, kind of um, funneling the spirit of Games Workshop to a certain extent where we've had a lot of people ask for mats for like Mordheim or something, you know, Mordheim inspired or something kind of for like a kill team, some, you know, like sci-fi city stuff. Um, but basically just reach out to us, message us, say, hey, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And um, we'll, we'll kind of kick it around and, and, and think about it. And if it's something that we think, you know, others would like, then it's 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 fairly likely it could go into production. Although we have learned that we really don't do custom mats. So if you have a design, uh, that's really, um, you know, not, we're not really too interested in that right now uh, of, you know, doing like one offs or, or very, or custom mats. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of people that do those. And, and I think that, especially for a, a smaller business is sometimes a, a slippery slope because you, you know, you want to find customers and make them happy, but the time and effort put into optimizing for a small print run of one or two uh, may not be exactly uh, what you want. Right. This is, you know, it's basically, it operates like a printing business, Cigar Box Battle, where the more we, we, we print, the, you know, the, the more cost effective it is. And also, you know, like you guys, we have other jobs. So Cigar Box isn't our full-time job. You know, this is just <laughs> exactly. two guys trying, it, it actually started as just a way to make a little extra money for, you know, just to reinvest in the hobby. It's like, oh, we'll sell some mats and hey, we'll buy some miniatures, you know, oh, we'll sell some mats. Hey, we'll buy some terrain. Um, and it, and it still kind of is that, you know, we just kind of reinvest the money back into the hobby and it's a lot of fun, um, to go into conventions and to, um, you know, uh, meet other gamers. And if we're not at conventions, we usually, uh, hit most of the cons in the Southeast. Um, but, uh, if, if, if it's not right. us, we've got some friends that actually will, you know, sell our mats at other cons. We've got, uh, Battlefield Terrain Concepts, Doug Klein. He, he sells our mats at, uh, you know, Historicon and Cold Wars and Fall In. And then Stephen Huckabee does some of the cons. He'll go, actually, he's, he was at Siege of Augusta this weekend, but he does the cons in Florida. And then he also drives out to Texas. He'll do like Millennium Con and, uh, Broadsides and some of those other cons. So, um, we have the, you know, the, the Southeast uh, up the East coast, uh, you know, usually you'll, you'll see either us or somebody at a con selling the mats. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny how, uh, I guess ubiquitous is the big word of the day. Uh, <laughs> y'all's mats are out there and that's a good thing because it's, it's really nice to see a, what's I say local to me, cause you guys are just right up the road from where I live in Huntsville. Um, but what's, what's kind of a local business, a bunch of hobbyists trying to have a good time and trying to, you know, put things out that the community is going to want to use and is going to enjoy. And to see you guys do so well that I keep running into your mats pretty much everywhere I go, <laughs> but that doesn't help me. Um, so right now I was kind of circling back to one of the other projects that, you know, you and I had talked about, uh, months and months ago, and I've seen it on the website, uh, double-sided mats. Where are you all with that? And what's the, uh, what's the road ahead? So we did double-sided mats as, as part of a Kickstarter. Um, I think that was two years ago and it was very successful. It's a slightly different material, um, than our standard mat. So the problem with the, 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 the normal fleece we use for the standard mats, um, we use basically it's a, um, uh, the way they're printed, you can get some bleed through if, if it's too thin. So this is a thicker material, which we have to specially source. It's a thicker type of fleece and it's a, it's a plush fleece. So, um, it has a little bit of a texture to it, a little 3d texture, which looks great for grass. You've probably seen some in pictures actually like the clash of spears guys use, um, one of our plush mats and it has a little grass texture right. to it. 
Yep. Yeah, I've seen them. I just have not seen them in person. Uh, but yeah, I, I know the one you're talking about, that's kind of the, the green and, and uh, dirt colored mm-hmm. one as well. And so those, um, because they're thicker, we can print double sided. So, um, actually those should be on the website. Um, you know, with the, I'd say within the next 30 days, we're just waiting on a few, a few test mats nice. to come back and make sure everything's, uh, you know, everything still looks good. And, um, so, you know, double-sided, people always ask for double-sided. I mean, it's, if, as far as storage, you're getting twice the, you know, t- twice the, twice the mat. So, um, you oh, know, yeah. that, so you expect to see those on the website very soon. Well, good. Is that going to be kind of just a set series of double-sided or is it going to be pick and choose what you want printed on each side based on a standard four by six plus, uh, mat that you guys already have? Yeah. So that's one thing that's unique about us is, um, you know, what we'll do, it's a little, it's more time consuming for us, but we really, we, we've always really taken pride in our customer service and trying to take care of the customer. So we'll actually do whatever, whatever designs you want. So you tell us you want, I want desert on one side and ocean on the other, we'll print it. So they're not going to be preset um, designs. So it's totally customizable. You just, you pick two designs, tell us, we'll print it to you and uh, ship it to your house. Steve, that sounds like a slippery slope for you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. But you got to spend your money on something, man. Yeah, exactly. Brett. Uh, I was going to say, Steve can get that, uh, what is it, the Caribbean Islands for his uh, Oak and Iron Jam and his parrot, you know, on one or, side. And then, like, I don't know, get, get Pacific Islands on the other side for some, you know, Midway stuff or Guadalcanal or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, I think that. That will be good for uh, for a lot of us gamers because I know we tend to get pigeonholed into having the same mats over and over. Since GOE, I think for the tournament has used uh, the the same four or five mats uh, for uh, for the same uh, map boards. We may have to diversify a little bit here uh, before Adepticon and see what we can do. Well, that's good that you guys have that coming to the to the web store soon, so people will be able to order and, and pick and choose. Um, I personally am excited about that because you know we've. You and I have talked about it. We've, you know, tried to see a couple different things we could do, and then uh, um, having that for, especially for aerial gamers, because so many times you get uh, kind of shoehorned into a specific theater, and and I'm sure a lot of people come to you and 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 generally complain about, well, I've got all these mats for European fields. What do you have for the Eastern Front? Um, and and kind of get you guys to lead them down the uh, the primrose path to buying more mats. Absolutely. We're here, we're here to help, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> help separate us from our money, which is, I, I can't say much. We're kind of in the same business sometimes with, uh, with our 3d models, uh, or 3d printed models that we sell. Well, that's cool. Um, was there anything else, uh, you want to uh, talk about anything gaming wise that you've been doing recently or, or anything hobby related that's, uh, that's really been a big impact in the first part of, uh, 2022? Well, uh, you know, just the, uh, the Gettysburg mat, I wanted to save that for your podcast to kind of talk about that. We're really excited about that big Epic mat going out and we should, uh, I'll start putting pictures on the website soon. Um, I'm just waiting for the weather to get a little better here. So I actually need to take it outside. It's not, you can't, it's almost, I really can't even set it up in my gaming room. Um, yeah, I was about to say, that's something that even in your garage, you probably can't do unless you drape over a car or your workbench or boxes. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I did one test shot. I had to lay it out in the driveway and it's, uh, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's bigger than the car. So, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and then, um, just, uh, <clears throat> you know, as far as personally what I've been doing, I've been just doing a lot of painting right now. Not, I mean, some gaming, we had a big War of the Roses game over here in 25 mil, a bunch of guys. We had Kurt from Miniature Building Authority. I think you probably met him at NashCon. He gets to a lot of cons. And, um, right. you know, we had a, the Clash of Spears guys were over here. And, um, 
uh, you know, we had a, uh, just, a, you know, a lot, a lot of guys ever did a big battle in the garage or the roses. I've been painting a, a 25 millimeter ACW and uh, I've been getting into Napoleonics actually lately, uh, 25 millimeter, but a little different period than the norm. I've been getting in the early Napoleonics. So like the bicorns, you know, 1806 Prussians. Yeah. Right. Uh, that I've avoided that period, and I will continue to avoid that period. But that's all right. I, I think I have uh, just horrible nightmares of painting little Napoleonic figures years ago as a kid. So I'm like, all right, never want to go back to that period and do all that again. I'll just go to Space Marines and airplanes, and that's good enough. Well, that that probably also means that uh, Matt and I need to drive up and uh, bring some airplanes and harass you guys into playing uh, some Blood Red Skies or Cold War ACM or any one of those games. Oh, absolutely. We're always up for a game. You know, one thing I've been doing too is I've I broke out my old Rogue Trader book uh, from the late '80s, and, and I've been and yes. I've been trying to buy. I have some of my old models, but I've been trying to pick up a lot off eBay of some of the old original Rogue Trader Space Marines, and you know, th- those figures are just very. They just touch that nostalgic spot, you know. Oh yeah, because I, I have to laugh. So it's weird, strange things that that cross over here. So. Uh, since you mentioned Tallahassee, you obviously attended that fine Florida institution, Florida State University, I'm that's assuming, right. right? That's right. Well, I, I went there for a year, and actually that's where I started playing Rogue Trader. Now, thankfully, I did not finish my college education at Florida State, because if I'd stayed any longer than a year, I would be pumping gas right now. I would not have graduated. I would, I would not have finished college. It was way too much fun. Um, but that's where I started playing Rogue Trader, and a buddy of mine down there introduced me to that and uh, kind of got me started on the whole Warhammer 40k kick. And and I know what you mean with the miniatures, because I have a bunch of uh, 40k Rogue Trader era Space Marines and, and uh, as it was called Imperial Army before it was Imperial Guard, um, things that I've, I've sourced off eBay. And I've still got to get them all painted up. Still got to strip a bunch of them because they have horrible 1980s paint from the last owners. Uh, but they're they're certainly fun and certainly cool. Stories. Oh yeah, we we had a lot of fun with those. And you know, remember the game Talisman from Games Workshop? I mean, it, it was like the never ending yep. game. Yep. But um, you know, we would just play that for hours. Actually, in the Diffin Ball building there, at Florida State, and uh, you know, Axis and Allies. Yeah, Rogue Trader. Uh, you know, there was we kind of had a kind of an informal FSU gaming group that would meet over there in that in the Diffin Ball building. Um, usually, pretty much all day Saturday, yes. Friday night, and, and, and Saturday. So good times. Wow. Wow. That <laughs> long time ago, but, uh, that's cool. I, I'm actually looking over at, uh, three, uh, rogue trader era metal land speeders. I've got to strip and repaint. Um, but, uh, you know, stuff like that is just so darn cool aesthetics wise. And thankfully games workshop has brought some of that into the, the current heresy, uh, era miniatures, but I haven't been buying any of those. I know Brett's got a bunch that he still has to uh, to work all of his hobby magic on now that his hobby space is set up. And Steve, we haven't we haven't suckered you into doing any forty k or thirty k stuff yet, other than Aeronautica, right? Yeah, not yet. You know, uh, that's a very intimidating army to start painting. So uh... <laughs> don't worry, just spend your entire paycheck, and maybe you'll get a thousand points. Yeah, uh, well, that's fine. That's that's why we're going to do Aeronautica. It's only a couple models. It's the Blood of Red Skies of the 40K universe. So hopefully it won't uh, be too bad of a slippery slope to go down for miniature acquisition. I, I think the good thing is, Steve, you're getting the, the lion's share of my boxed sets. I think I'm sending like five models to Brett, and there's like 15 models in the box to you. So 
don't F it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm super nervous. I'm going to do something that's like against canon and I'm going to just get like shunned from the entire. Oh, that, yeah, that's going to be the first forever. thing that's going to happen. Someone's going to go, oh, that is the, I'm sorry, the Imperial Army did not use that uh, <clears throat> that paint scheme. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, 40K fluff grogs can be almost as bad as Napoleonic's grogs. And that's why I just don't care. <laughs> oh, it might be worse. I had a friend, we were driving from Tampa to Tallahassee and uh, this was back in college. And I t- asked him, just, hey, I was like, hey, you know, t- tell me about the, like, the, 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 the origin of the Eldar, the lore of the Eldar. I mean, four hours later, we were, we were rolling in to Tallahassee from Tampa, you know? <laughs> and you're like, dude, I'm good. <laughs> I tried yeah, to do I've that had- to Steve the other night and he hung up on me. Yeah, <laughs> smart. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you had to relearn all your terms now that it's Eldari and no longer Eldar and Asurani and whatever, all the all the new free IP terms or yeah. IP-free terms. I got chastised by the uh, staff at the local GW store because I actually said Eldar and it corrected me. Exactly. I'd like some Eldar cards. I'm sorry, sir, we don't have Eldar cards, but we have Eldari cards if you'd like to buy them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a whole new game system. Whatever, that's all right. I'll keep calling him Eldar. Uh, well, cool. Well, thanks, Corey. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to to you know talk to us and tell us what you guys have in the mix. Uh, it'll be exciting to see the you know epically scaled, uh, epic uh, Gettysburg map there, and and see how that mat rolls out at conferences. It'll it'll be nice to watch people push like seven tables together to cover something that size. Um, but you know, as, as we've talked about, that's, that's kind of the purpose of cons play the games you don't get to play in your own garage. Yeah, that's right. I think cons are a great way to just jump into some rules you haven't tried before, try some Epic games. Um, you know, I know what I'm going to do with a Gettysburg mad is I'm going to probably do something, you know, very large where the, the units are, you know, uh, you know, divisions and the game plays pretty quickly, almost like a board game. So, I mean, you want to play the whole three days of, of Gettysburg right. and, a four hour session, you know? So, um, you know, so it's something that moves fast, fast and furious. Right. So, uh, and, and that's going to look Absolutely. great. So that's my plan of how I'm going to use the map, but, um, you know, Nimitz from Sam uh, Mustafa, you know, and I think that'll have a lot of great crossover for the aerial gamers, um, for world war two, uh, gaming and, um, you know, just kick us your ideas. You know, we've talked about some things, kick us, you know, throw us some ideas and we're always happy to work on things. And, um, and collaborate. We love collaborating. You know, we, we've done some collaborations with the Flint and Feather guys. That's a skirmish game. Um, kind of, uh, set, you know, before the French and Indian war, um, kind of, or and even pre-contact really. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, right. we're always looking, uh, to collaborate. Same thing, Clash of Spears, um, really those four by four mats, uh, we were, we're collaborating with the Clash of Spears guys to, um, kind of, that's, that's the size that they like to use. So, um, you know, we're always, we're always open to collaboration. So I'd like to hear from everybody and we're just, we try to stay active on social media and you'll see us at cons and we just want to have a lot of fun. That's, that's our main thing. It's just roll dice and game and yeah, you know, have fun. (laughs) What are the next series of cons you think you're going to be uh, at, at least in early 2022? Well, uh, we missed, um, uh, Siege of Augusta, which was actually th- this this past weekend, um, but we'll probably you'll we'll definitely see us you'll see us at NashCon. Um, you know, uh, you'll 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 see us at probably Siege of Augusta next year. You might see us down in Orlando and and, and, and also Recon. Um, you'll see Doug Klein, and, and we might go up there as well at Historicon. Um, but you know, we'll, we, uh, we'll, we'll try to get really get as to as many cons as we can. Um, it's just, again, I think re- sometimes real jobs in life get in the way a little bit, obviously, but, uh, as, as long as, you know, 
Oh yeah, <laughs> we're we're running into that too since Steve and Brett both abandoned me for Twisted Lords this year, but that's all right. <laughs> that's one of those things, and I don't think we can allow Steve to go back to Historicon. Steve, are you are you uh, planning on making a repeat appearance there, or is your checkbook going to scream when you walk in the door? No, nah, man, I'm I'm good to go. I'm counting pennies right now. I'm, uh, you know, I'm shaking kids down at work for their lunch exactly. money as we speak. So the I'll be teachers good to go. beating them up for their lunch money so he could buy more stuff at Historicon. Yeah, yeah, I know how that'll be. Well, for us, it looks like knock on wood, if everything still goes as planned, uh, the four of us, uh, me, Steve, Brett, and Casey, will be at Adepticon. So we'll do that in March. Uh, there may be an event Casey and I do in Texas for Aeronautica beforehand, but we'll talk more about that in a later episode uh, once we get more of the plan together. And then our totally messed up plan for Gathering of Eagles is that as many of us as possible will be at Twisted Lords in Oklahoma City. So for anyone listening, uh, those are the big ticket items we have. We know there's going to be a lot of other Blood Red Skies tournaments out there. Uh, and gatherings. Obviously, Jason and Dan and some of the guys in the Bay Area have been doing a bunch of events, and that's a good thing. Uh, when conventions are happening, they've been having uh, both Blood Red Skies narrative and then working towards some tournaments. Uh, so what I'd say is everybody keep us posted. Uh, we know there's still a lot going on, uh, even in this phase of the pandemic, where some events are canceling, some events are still going, some events have changed their policies. Our philosophy here at Lead Pursuit is we're just going to be flexible and we're going to roll with the punches and we're going to show up to the events we think we can make it to. Uh, so we'd ask everyone to kind of have that same level of flexibility and patience and please keep going out there and gaming and getting together when you can uh, with your friends, uh, especially as most of us recognize that the gaming keeps us sane. Um, but I'll also make a plug since I know Steve and Brett have been on there. Uh, Tabletop Sim. If things are not going your way, if you can't necessarily get a game in, uh, Tabletop Sim is there, especially for Blood Red Skies. And if if anyone is on there and can't find an opponent, please shoot us an email. We'll help uh, pair you up uh, with some other Blood Red Skies players on TTS. Uh, or maybe Brett and Steve are tired of playing each other in, in their long campaign and getting the crap beat out of them. Uh, and you can go in there and school them a little bit. But uh, please drop us a message. We've had a lot of good conversations in the last few weeks. Uh, so I'd like to thank everybody that has been giving us their feedback uh, about episodes, about things we should be talking about, about uh, different topics to delve into. Um, and I'd like to thank all of our guests, especially tonight, Corey, jumping in kind of a, a last minute put together where we both were talking. We said, why haven't we gotten on the podcast yet? I don't know, because the dummy that hosts the podcast didn't didn't say, let's get on a podcast. So Corey, absolutely thanks for uh, for jumping in and talking about uh, cigar box battles. And I guess this is now my uh, – I'm out of excuses for going and buying any more of your mats. <laughs> well, hey, guys. Hey, you know, Doug, you know, Steve Brett, thanks thanks for having me on. And thanks for talking cigar box battle on gaming. I mean, I, I could talk gaming all night. You know, just love, love hanging out with gamers and, and chatting about the hobby. And, you know, we'll see you at a convention. And make sure when you come by, Doug, you know, Steve Brett, just uh, we'll make sure we give you what we call our friends and family discount. All right? <laughs> appreciate that i will uh, i will do my best to steer clear or at least hand my credit cards to the wife before i go over there <laughs> might be a dangerous time but hopefully uh, we'll be back at NashCon this year because it's so close i have no excuse for not going uh, i don't know if i can shame steve into uh, coming down again i don't think he wants to uh return with a couple hundred 
dollars of cowboy boots courtesy of his wife uh, <laughs> did that work out well for you steve yeah it worked out great it was excellent <laughs> Tell Jamie she could go shopping with my wife anytime because I don't think my wife bought anything. <laughs> oh, well, awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening. And for all the listeners, please go out there and rate us, give us feedback, and on social media, talk to us and give us a little bit of information about what you want covered in the coming year. We look forward to seeing everybody around the gaming table, and we'll talk to you all next week. that all over again thank you for backing me up steve oh i get an f capital f normally we record when we're assing around so i never never forget this all right we'll try this all again <clears throat>